all these little easy way outs are not easy at all. Shortcuts, playing the short game, is always detrimental. It's actually advantageous to play the long game, even in the short term. Hey, welcome to The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is another inside look. And today I've got someone who's a really near and dear friend of mine, Aaron Hind, uh, co-founder and uh, president of FitAid, this tasty, delicious beverage that uh, we love and endorse here. In fact, before I kick anything off, take a look at this video we made three years ago for FitAid. We take our job seriously here at Fit by the Bootcamp Franchise Headquarters, but even though we like to party a little. All right, we're back. Hope you liked that video. Listen, so Aaron here is one badass dude. And uh, how did we meet Aaron? I think through Ben Altadonna. Ben Altadonna yeah. connected us. That's right. The yeah. uh, coach to chiropractors. That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just was chatting with him the other day. He's doing great. And uh, I go out dude. to his place in, in Carmel every you know, couple months or so yeah. and hang out. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and so, like, pre-FitAid, like, your, your whole path in life, you, you were a chiropractor, right? I was, yeah, yeah, for 10 years, 10 years. I mean, it taught me a ton about and really helped lead to a lot of the success we're having today because having a small business, a referral-based practice uh, made all the difference in really mastering the customer experience and learning how to nurture uh, referrals in your practice. I mean, very similar to, you know, like gym owners. Yeah. 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 So what, what's your trajectory in life as an entrepreneur, as a human has actually been pretty cool, right? Uh, you know, DJ, chiropractor, and like one hell of a DJ, not like you're a weekend <laughs> DJ, like, well, you'll run gigs. I'm, I'm getting better and I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting booked. I actually, we just had a big party up at my place that, that burned um, yeah. uh, last weekend. We had 12 DJs, three day party, about 50 people. It was, awesome. it was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. But, um, yeah, you know, just to, to walk people through the, the Aaron Hind life timeline. Like, mm -hmm. how do you go from chiropractor, DJ, an awesome athlete to like, hey, I'm going to start a beverage company. Yeah. Like, why don't you walk us through the journey? Oh, total ignorance and passion is what I like to tell people. I mean, for me, 
you know, I realize that I have kind of a, a 10 year attention span with with business and, and life. And after that, you know, I feel like I kind of max out and I'm ready for the next thing. And I had hit that 10 year mark when I was a chiropractor, I had a great practice. You know, like I mentioned, you know, 30 new patients every month, all by referral. You know, I saw all the top level athletes that lived in Santa Cruz. And, you know, it was just a really, it was a great business, but I wasn't fulfilled inside. You know, I felt like, okay, I've kind of tapped out. At least where my mindset was then, I was tapped out sure. to, you know, where I could go with it. And, uh, you know, I, I started looking around and saying, you know, I've got these athletes coming in, they're all drinking energy drinks. And I'm telling, dude, you guys got to get off of that shit. You're going to get adrenal fatigue. And they would tell me, you know, Doc, I drink tons of water. What else would you have me drink? And there was nothing to really point them to. I'm literally like giving them homemade concoctions to make and, and that type of thing because there was nothing to point them to. If you rewind 11 years ago, you had coconut water just hitting the scene, kombucha just hitting the scene, but they were very hippy-dippy. They were acquired flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't cool, sexy, and hip like the energy drinks. And no one's drinking energy drinks for their health benefits, right? right. They're drinking them to get jacked up. So, you know, the concept was really to marry kind of this, this uh, lifestyle branding of the energy drinks with kind of the emerging health benefits of some of these newer drinks and bring them together. And that's where the products came from. But previous to that, you had zero experience in the energy drink world or zero. Yeah. Bottled. Yeah. And I think that that was an advantage because if How I, so? if, well, sometimes ignorance is bliss, sure. you know, yeah. if you know how challenging it is and then you buy into all the sacred cows, uh, a lot of times that, you know, that just leads you to doing things how they've always been done. You know, we started and we were selling drinks online. We started basically an e-com business selling direct to consumer, direct to gym uh, when before e-com was cool. Nobody, you know, people, advisors of ours and people in the beverage industry said, well, you can't do that. Nobody's going to buy a 24 pack of drinks online without trying it first. You got to get in the grocery stores and have, you know, cold beverages, single serve, and that's yeah. how you get trial. And we took, you know, we kind of flipped that on its head and said, well, let's see if we can make this work just selling online using direct marketing and yeah. old school direct response. And that's where Ben really helped us out in the early days. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and, and with that, like what a blessing because knowing the limited amount of information that I know and I've learned it from you, like it's a pretty competitive space to get, to get like refrigerator space in oh, brutal. gas stations, grocery yeah. stores, convenience yeah. stores, right? It's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. It's a, you know, there's a 95% failure rate in the first 12 months, 99% within the first five years. Um, it, you know, even companies at our stage, you still got to really fight for your, your space. You got to continue to prove yourself. There's a lot of people nipping at your heels. Then the big boys, you know, the big energy drink manufacturers, big soda manufacturers are constantly, yeah. you know, pushing you down, not wanting you to, to get the shelf space that you get. So, yeah, it's a constant battle, but uh, it's not for the, the faint of heart. You know, you got to have uh, a, a lot of direction. You got to have a team that's mm -hmm. executing at a super high level. You got to have full alignment. You got to really focus on the overall trajectory and not just wanting things to happen overnight. You know, things take time uh, in this industry. And then once you get the momentum in the business, continue to fuel that momentum, continue doing all those little things, doing things that aren't scalable in order to scale. I mean, I'm still writing handwritten notes. I'm still shooting video cards. I'm still doing things, you know, for our top customers that people are like, what, you're spending your time doing that? I'm like, yeah, that, that's what yeah. I do spend time doing. You know? Yeah, but, but, but that's neat how, like, like one big lesson for everyone watching and listening to this episode, like look what 
look what you guys did. You went in a very niche market. Yeah. Right? You start off in a very niche market. And then you went into many different little niche verticals. But it was, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, majority of the initial success came via selling directly to gyms that mm -hmm. then sold the product to their clients. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's how we got that initial trial. Yeah, and Fit Body Bootcamp was part of those gyms. CrossFit was part of those totally. gyms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I mean, working with Fit Body in the early days and even today, but, it, you know, in those early days and getting those, you know, uh, studio owners on board and becoming big fans of the product and then mm -hmm. proselytizing to their clientele and getting their clientele off the soda and off the energy drinks and that type of thing. I was massive part of our early success. Yeah. So so let's shift gears for a moment. I'm going to tap into the doctor while I've got you here. So as a chiropractor, you're working with athletes and, and, and some peak performers in mm -hmm. terms of every area of life. And you see them coming in there with energy drinks that are just loaded with caffeine and all types of other stimulants. And you see the effect or you know the effect it's going to have on their adrenals. And so I mean, everywhere I go, I see people drinking all the, you know, your typical energy drinks. Like, explain from the scientific view of what those energy drinks do. Like, what does it mean when you tap your adrenals? What, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing as an athlete or as a peak entrepreneur? Well, I'll, I'll take it the opposite way, and I'll totally make it simple and dumb it down. If you're a high-level athlete, you know, let's just say you're a Ferrari or you're a Lamborghini, are you going to go and put... 87 gasoline in your car absolutely not you would never do that you're putting the highest octane in fact you're you may be even going somewhere special and getting a special gasoline to get extra high octane to make sure that it's running at its peak performance i mean that is what these athletes are they're paying attention to every aspect of their rehab their sleep their diet but yet they take in their beverages and just putting whatever they want in their body when we know that Diabetes on the country in this country has been is at an all-time high. It's not going down. It's going up. Why? Sugary beverages. So when we're looking at putting, jacking our bo bodies up on a, too much sugar, too much caffeine, or other stimulants, you're getting this major yo-yo effect. Mm -hmm. You know, if you got to go out and you got to compete for multiple quarters, and you drink one, it's like, all right, I'm all jacked up, I'm ready to go. But then you crash, and you're shitting the bed in the second half of the game. That's not doing anybody any good. So there's a fine balance here. And we've been working with PhDs. We've been working with uh, people in the military on, okay, well, what is an optimal caffeine hit? What do nootropics do to the brain in order to achieve flow state and peak performance? What are the best supplements for post-workout recovery or immunity or whatever it is? You know, we have different product lines that fill different need states. Um, but really, you know, relating that what you put in your body has a direct reflection in how you show up in the world. And when we start understanding that, we become very mindful of, you know, what we expose ourselves to. I mean, I don't eat fast food at all. But say maybe once every two years, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe a, a, a Big Mac sounds good and I'll go sure. eat one. I will be ill yeah. for like 24 hours, literally sick. It feels so good going down and then just sick as a dog because yeah. I've cleaned my body out from all that toxicity and then I expose myself to something. It's like your body reacts in an inflammatory state. When the body gets inflamed, we know it happens with chronic inflammation over time. It leads to all kinds of disease state, mm -hmm. you know, from 
issues in your joints and muscles to bigger chronic inflammatory diseases and even cancers and that type of thing. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an important aspect to understand for high performers, whether you're an athlete or an entrepreneur, or just want to be the best you can be and feel the best that you can be, be a, a good father, like what we put in right. reflects in how we show up. So, you know, a testament to what you just said, and I don't know why I'm admitting this on like this, this platform here, but here we go. Um, last week, I think we did, and we did the uh, that, that photo shoot, right? The video shoot where me and the other project instructors got super lean, jacked, whatever. Um, and we did it where we all kind of peaked on the same day, so we could do this video shoot, etc. And then we're maintaining it. But you know, very much like you said, I don't eat fast food probably every year and a half, two years. Uh, my kids still have never been; they're 14 and 16, have never been inside of a McDonald's. But growing up, when we came to the United States. The first fast food I was exposed to was Arby's. I don't know if yeah. you've eaten there or not, but dude, after, you know, depleting and all that and that day of photo shoot, I was like, God, I could just kill for an Arby's roast beef sandwich right now. So I drove through Arby's, yeah. ate the roast beef sandwich within two hours. I've got the gurgles. I'm doubled <laughs> over, Aaron. Yeah. I, I have like inflammation at the totally. highest. Like, my toes are swelling up. My knuckles hurt. And I'm thinking like, I just poisoned myself because I've just created such a pristine system yeah. and then I just dumped poison like Drano down my my, my gullet yeah. you know and it took a good like 48 hours for me to start like okay coming down off that Arby's chemical concoction totally but I imagine there's also people that are eating that on a daily on a daily yet they're not thriving but they're not experiencing what I'm experiencing so what ha what's happening to their body that how come I couldn't handle it and they did they do well they're not handling it they're not handling. These are the same people that go in at our age and end up with di being diabetic or end up with cancer or end up with tumor growth and arthritic conditions. You know, they're not handling it. That's yeah. the problem. They think they're handling it because they're used to how it makes them feel. Yeah. But their body over time, it's getting abused. It's 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 you know, it's out of alignment because what you're putting in your body reflects in how you show up in the world and they're not showing up, you know? And, and a lot of this, because there's certain chemicals in these foods, especially if you look at sugar and how it makes you feel and its effect on hormones and all this stuff, I really think there's just deeper causes to what's going on here. You know, and I think if you really look at it, there's a fundamental question that we're asking ourselves all the time, all day, every day. And anytime we hit a glass ceiling in our life, whether it's from a health perspective or in our relationships or finances, we're answering that question fundamentally wrong. And that question is, am I a victim or not? Am I a victim or not? And whenever we hit a glass ceiling, we're making an excuse and we're a victim. We put it outside of ourselves. Sure. You know? And this happens with food all the time. You know, it's like, oh, I'm depressed, so I'm going to go eat this thing and then have this effect. It becomes outside of ourselves. And so until we can internalize and take full responsibility for everything going on in our lives, you know, mm -hmm. it's not the great marketing or the chemicals they put in the, the Big Mac. It's my decision to go through the fucking drive-thru. Yeah. Ultimately, right? Ultimately. So, you know, looking at my own life and going, you know, 
where am I hitting a glass ceiling? What kind of decisions am I making that have ended in a result that I'm not happy with and reverse engineering that and making better decisions? Diet and, and exercise happen to be one of them, but that's just one aspect. I mean, you know, I've hit glass ceilings in my relationship with my wife. I've hit glass ceilings with finances. I've hit glass ceilings in relationships with my business partner and my kids and all of these things. And every time I've taken a step back and going, you know what, I'm responsible here. And I accept that responsibility, figure out what decisions got me in this shitty spot that I'm in and start making better decisions. And people don't like to hear that, but it's that simple. Make better decisions. Did you always take responsibility when you hit glass ceilings in areas of your life? No, no, no. It took me hitting rock bottom and being bankrupt in order to realize Really? This. Oh really? yeah. yeah. Really? So, okay, because I was, I kind of led to my next question is, so why is it that most people will take that victim role? So do they need to hit rock bottom? Like, do they need to bottom out to realize that I control everything and I'm responsible? Well, that's a tough pill to swallow, you know, especially if you're just plugged into the matrix and you're watching, whether it's CNN or CNBC or Fox or listening to Bloomberg on the radio or whatever, what are they telling you every minute of every day? Mm -hmm. You're a victim. It's not your fault. It's a Republican's fault. It's not your fault. It's a Democrat's fault. It's a pro-vaxxer. It's an anti-vaxxer. It's, you know, this, it's that. It's everybody's fault except for yours. Mm. And so, you know, when, if you buy into that, then constantly you're being bombarded with affirmations telling you that, oh yeah, it's not your fault. You know, it's COVID's fault. It's the government's fault. It's your employer's fault. Uh, that uh, that's an interesting uh, perspective for, or I guess an interesting pill for someone to swallow. But that is the pill that also. So <coughs> when Tom Bilio was sitting right there in that seat, he goes, uh, he goes, if my wife Lisa decides to go on a on a trip to France, to the south of France, and a meteor falls out of the sky and hits her hotel and completely disintegrates her hotel, he goes, guess whose fault it was? And I'm like. Let me guess, yours? Because we were talking about taking personal responsibility. He goes, absolutely. He goes, because I knew where she was going. I knew where she was going to stay. I could have gone onto the NASA website and see if there was a meteor shower over that part of France and da-da-da-da-da. He goes, that's the level of personal responsibility that I take in every category of my life. And I know I've been doing that since 2013 as I turned the corner um, when I had that massive anxiety attack at 38. So almost almost a decade. Mm -hmm. um, and the moment you start taking personal responsibility, it's weird because you're like, well, but then I've got no one to blame. Your whole trajectory changes. Everything changes. Everything. Because, yes, I've got no one to blame, but I know exactly how to fix the problem because I got myself into it in the first place. Exactly. You can actually do something uh, you about can it. Do, yeah, you can do something about it instead of waiting for someone or something to save you because odds are that outside source is not, there's no man on a white horse going to gallop in and save our day. Right. Like, we're it. Yeah. We're it. Yeah, when it's outside of ourselves, by definition, there's nothing we can do. It becomes like the whole concept of a circle of uh, concern versus circle of influence. Mm. You know, I'm constantly reminding my team, look, there's a lot to be concerned about right now. I get that. I feel that from all of you. But that's bullshit. Let's focus on our circle of influence. What can we actually do? You know, oh my God, the, the world's gonna end because of global warming. Well, maybe, but I'll tell you what, we can stop using 
you know, plastic so much and eliminate single-use plastic out of our lives and we can be a good stewards individually, personally. That's within my circle of influence, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, on the whole COVID front, you know, I can take vitamin D. We know that's effective to not die. I can exercise. I can eat clean. Yeah. I can take zinc, you know, these things. So there are things within... Uh, as as hopeless as situations may seem, there's still a role that you can play in it to, to determine the outcome. Because you, I mean, you, you came over pretty young. I mean, I grew up in the school system here. The school system in the United States teaches you this concept, and I got thinking about it the other day, and it's total bullshit. Cause and effect. Effect. Cause and effect. Right. Cause and effect. We've learned this our whole life. It's complete and utter bullshit. It's complete and utter bullshit. If your old man was an abusive alcoholic and my old man was an abusive alcoholic, that means you and I would end up in the exact same situation, the same place in According life. to cause and effect, yeah. According to cause and effect. So it's not cause and effect because we know that there's people whose old men were abusive alcoholics that are billionaires and those that are uh, homeless and abusive alcoholics themselves, mm-hmm. right? So it's not cause and effect. It's cause plus reaction mm. equals effect cause plus reaction. The reaction, our reaction determines the outcome. Not what happened, shit happens. The saying is true, shit happens. Shit happens all the time. You know, a lot of shit has happened to all of us this year, you know? Mm -hmm. How we react to that shit determines the outcome. And that's what we need to take back. Take that back. I mean, we own that. Don't give that to the media. Don't give that to, you know, your 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 bitchy neighbor or your mm-hmm. scarcity mode partner or whoever it is. Like, take that back. Why do you think that we are conditioned as, as cause and effect and not so much cause, reaction, and effect? It's a modern form of slavery. Modern form of slavery. I'm talking to some of my African-American friends uh, just recently. Was One of them was fil- doing a, uh, a film, and we were talking about this concept of, of um, being in scarcity mindset and, and this whole victim mentality. And he said, this is modern slavery in America. Because when you put something outside of yourself and you're now a victim and there's nothing you can do, that's the modern form of putting sure. on chains. It's, yeah. sh- it's shackling people. You're shackling, you're enslaved. You're enslaved. literally enslaved by it, Correct. the outside source. Yes. Yeah. And so when we look at 2020, and here we are in October of 2021, and we look at the last 16, 18 months mm-hmm. of how much we've been conditioned that everything is happening to us that we are the victims of the coronavirus, of the economic shutdown, of the financial relief, of all the these fires, things, of the, the fires, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And if we keep showing up as victims, we really play into their game. And I don't know who there is, I'm not claiming there's some Illuminati somewhere controlling and pulling the puppet strings, but I am saying that there is an agenda that's being fed to us via the vehicle of media to make us victims mm-hmm. versus to empower us as I've got the answer and the solution within. And I'd even be careful with that because I've gone down the mental rabbit hole with that, right? 
okay, we're being fed this. I don't care if it's, you know, Facebook's agenda or CNBC's agenda or Bloomberg's agenda. You know, there's this common theme that's going on. But then if we say, well, it's the man and this, then you're almost still going into that victim cycle. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, there's nothing we yeah. can do there. Yeah. The man so, is trying to take over. Yeah, the man's going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's at, this whole victim thing creeps in everywhere. It's so trippy, you know? So just totally being conscious and going, okay, yeah, that exists. Who knows what the motivation is? But I don't give a fuck because it doesn't affect me. I've got armor on. Like, that shit does not affect me. I see right through it. Bingo. I see right through it. What do they call you if you've got a, 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 a I don't want to mean to go down the vaccine rabbit hole, but so just correct me. You don't want to talk about this. I'm what more they, than open to talk about What do they this. call it? Call it. This is so interesting. I'm very big on language, Bedros. What do they call it if you've had a shot and you still get COVID? Ooh, what? A breakthrough case. Breakthrough case. Listen to the language. When is the word breakthrough used ever in our society? We've gone to the out, we've gone to the moon. It's a breakthrough. Sure. We've had this breakthrough in technology. Breakthrough. It's always this positive spin. Breakthrough is a good thing. Like wow, a breakthrough. Sure. But when it comes to you've got a vaccine and you still get COVID, that's a breakthrough. Mm. No, that's a total fucking failure. But. Somebody in some spin room going, okay, how do we position this? And people subconscious are trying to hijack and go, hey, oh, yeah, we're going to position this as a breakthrough. You keep hearing it, breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. No, no, no. It's the exact opposite of a breakthrough. Yeah. All of a sudden, breakthrough begins to have a negative connotation. Well, the they're positive. using the positive connotation of breakthrough saying, oh, well, it's not a big deal. They had a breakthrough. You know what I'm saying? They're putting a positive spin on a negative outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but this is existing all the time. And so what we need to be very conscious of, and my, and my buddy, uh, do you know Mark England? No. Okay, he has a course called Procabulary. Highly, highly recommended. It's a couple hundred bucks or whatever. It's highly, highly recommended. The whole course is about making you conscious of something called soft talk and negations. Soft talk and negations. And what I have noticed or observed is the biggest red flag to someone living in a victim mentality is that they have a high usage of soft talk and negations. Soft talk is you go, oh, Aaron, you want to come down on the podcast? Yeah, I might come down. I could, but I got to see maybe sort of. Mm. Right. Non-committal language sure. or no majors. I can't or I won't or I shouldn't. Blah, blah, blah. Negations. No. What the fuck are you going to do? What are you doing? What are you committing to? Are you going to commit or are you not? Right. Definitive. This is a lot of stuff that you guys were talking about in like the project and the, the Squire, Squire program. Yeah. Right. Getting rid of the soft talk and negations. Yeah. That is victim. Victim. Communication. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that really is. And it's, you know, when you hear about the average American has 46,000 thoughts throughout the day and over 80% of them are negative. That's the soft talk loop in our head that's constantly telling us you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not strong enough, you don't have control, you can't, whatever. So we look at that. Okay, so here's another fascinating loop. We all have 
in, including myself, I'm sure you do as well. And I almost equate it to like those cartoons when we were kids, like little devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. And this devil over here is talking shit. Maybe there is the, the negative loop, the soft talk, the negations, right? Mm -hmm. The self-doubt. We know that between zero birth and seven years old, our brains are basically in download mode. We're not really making rational decisions yet. We're, we're just observing and downloading from whoever the influencers are around us, typically our parents and maybe older siblings, right? That creates a system of belief, good, bad, or ugly, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, therapists into adulthood are trying to correct right. that belief system. That belief system drives those repetitive thoughts in our mind. And those thoughts, so if, let's look at like a scarcity abundance mode. Money doesn't grow on trees. How many parents have said that to their kids, mm -hmm. right? Um, so from my mom, I would hear money doesn't grow on trees. From my dad, I would hear the sky's the limit. Your attitude's your altitude. So my dad's speak in abundance and god bless my mom but she, you know she's speaking scarcity in one ear my dad's speaking in abundance in the other i'm just thinking back all the shit that yeah, i was yeah. you know processing and downloading so we have this belief system that drives our thoughts our thoughts drive our words the words coming out of our mouth soft talk negations or affirmative language our words dictate our actions and our actions over time drive a Results outcome yeah. and that that outcome either reinforces or goes against our belief system mm -hmm. So this isn't a stagnant thing. It's constantly moving. It's spiraling I think of it as like, you know spiraling up into the right or down into the left So that is how people that are Debbie Downers and are negative and are full of soft talk and negations and the sky is falling What happens to them? They get divorced five times, they're obese, they get cancer, they get all the diseases, their car gets repoed, their fucking business goes under. Abracadabra, with my thoughts I create, with my words I create, they're literally manifesting mm. in real time their own reality by this negative loop they're creating. Sure. So how do we break the loop? Because we all have this like, you know, I would say most people have a little bit of that negative loop. Hopefully it's not the main operating system. And there's only two ways. You can't just start thinking differently. You can't just change your belief system without any different results, right? So there's only two spots you can break it. You, the way, being conscious of the words coming out of your mouth. So talk differently mm -hmm. and then act differently. Let's go back to fitness. How do I act differently? You know, how many coaches out there, how many, how many gym owners going, this pain in the ass, clients coming in, I'm not getting the results, I haven't lost the weight, blah, 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 you said this, you said that, victim, victim, victim. Well, listen, Mr. Client, stop hitting the fucking snooze bar when the alarm goes off at 5 a.m. every morning, get your ass up, do the yoga stretches I told you, go for the walk, clean up your diet, stop cheating on the diet. You do that over time, you will get results. Mm. And when you start to get the results, all of a sudden that, the excuse of, oh, I have bad genetics or my parents are fat or whatever, it starts to challenge that belief system because it's like, oh, wow, I did these things over time. I acted differently. Therefore, mm -hmm. I got different results. The outcome was different, which challenges these beliefs that I held. Well, maybe those beliefs aren't true after all. So I start thinking a little bit differently about those beliefs or my beliefs start to change a little bit. 
And then I'm, what's coming out of my mouth is more conviction. It's not a fake it till you make mm -hmm. it. It's like, whoa, I actually have a little traction here. And then I start to act with even more conviction because I've seen some results. Mm -hmm. And then the results intensify and it changes my beliefs even more and it changes my words even more and around and around and you can spiral yeah. it the, the other way. The confidence competence loop. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to talk differently and you have to act right. differently. differently. If you're not happy with the results you've been getting, reverse engineer it and talk differently or act differently. And it all comes down to a decision. It's a decision whether I'm gonna go, the sky is falling because of COVID and this, and I'm gonna feed into the fucking scarcity fear loop, or I'm gonna talk about other things, or I'm gonna talk about things that are positive, things, ways that we can mm -hmm. kick ass even in this environment. Yeah, there's so much truth to if you can challenge your belief system through your words and your actions, and anything that you can challenge long enough, you can change. You can change your belief system, and I, and I totally. love that. That's a very great, beautiful word picture you just drew there. Thank you for that. And let's shift gears for a moment, because as, as a father, well, I, I, met, I met your son, because you guys came out to the Squire yeah, program. Bronson. Yeah. Bronson. Yeah. Uh, any other kids? Trinity. Yeah, my Trinity. daughter's 17. Yeah. Bronson's younger. Yeah. Trinity's older. Yeah. And so l l let's talk about that fatherhood for a moment, especially in this new era where in addition to mom and dad influencing a child, they also have influence by their peers, totally. and it used to be their peers only influenced them in school, mm -hmm. but now they have influence through social, social. media platforms. Sure. And you know, you're, you're, you're a guy who I definitely, I saw how you and Bronson were at the Squire program. I, I know enough about you to know that you're, you're a man of character and you, you lead with your words and your actions. How has social media impacted how you guys parent both of your kids? Has well, it? Maybe it even yeah. hasn't. I don't know. In the, I, I, my belief system is that I need to be the best human being that I could be. I need to live to my full potential. And that is going to have a greater influence than anything else, than any social media account, what's going on on TikTok, than anything I really even say. It's like, am I, am I, Am I, is my dogma a bunch of bullshit? Because mm -hmm. we all have dogma. Is it bullshit or does it actually have meat to it? Like when shit happens, am I going to all of a sudden go, oh, woe is me. You know, my house burned down and all this shit happened to me. And, you know, my sister just got diagnosed with cancer and I'm a fucking victim. Or I go, okay, this shit happened. This sucks. Let me figure out why, how this fits in. What do I learn from this? You know, where is the opportunity for growth? And I believe that the kids are so much smarter than most parents give them credit for. Yeah. You know, they're so much smarter. They're observing, they're taking it in, they're internalizing it. So, you know, rather than saying, hey, I'm going to limit your time on this and, you know, don't go on this and that platform and that, it's like, look, for me, I, I think of back you know, when Atari came out and my dad's like, you're rotting your brain with that Atari, yeah. you know, get outside type of thing. And I'm like, look back on it and go, okay, well, yeah, maybe I, yeah. there's balance. You know, I still got outside plenty and my kids still get outside and we still do a lot of fun activities together. But I look at social as kind of their current Atari. You know, they have enough self-confidence and conviction in the world that that shit's not you know, this whole depression and teen depression and all this 
how much is that is them constantly uh, uh, in the classroom and on social and on, you know, everywhere that, mm -hmm. hey, are you depressed? Are you depressed? Are you depressed? It's okay if you're depressed. Are you depressed? Like the expectation is around depression. Yeah. Yeah. You know, depression and anxiety overwhelm. We're, we're taking almost ex we're taking extreme use cases. I'm not saying depression's not real amongst teens. Of course it is. But it's not the norm. Teens are teens. Like, you know, I had a great time as a teenager. I had a lot of shitty times too. But hey, that's part of growing up. That doesn't mean I'm some depressed kid that needs to get put on medications and put a label on me. Yeah. You know, and that is the direction that they're hearing. So how can I combat all of those forces? I can show them what it's like to actually live through adversity, to, to, to actually to look at challenges and go, you know what, this is a good thing, mm -hmm. you know, and put a positive spin on it and say, this, the obstacle truly is the way, yeah. you know. The ability to reframe, reframe. A, 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 a obstacle and adversity into a opportunity for growth. Like Napoleon Hill says, he says, every, every adversity comes with an equal seed of opportunity. Yes. If so we good. reframe and see it that way. Yeah. Otherwise, it goes back to what you said at the beginning of this, which is obviously we're developing a theme to this show, which is, are you a victim or are you going to take responsibility and control the outcome? Because the victim is constantly going to see that adversity as something bad happening to me. The person who takes responsibility is going to go, hey, look at this new opportunity I have to level up in these areas. If everything stayed, just imagine this, because I, I almost think about this in like relationships, you know, for the, a long time, I inaccurately approached the relationship with my wife of the goal of just staying in the neutral zone is what I call it. You know, not having her get upset at me, not fucking up, just kind of stay in the neutral zone. The challenge with that approach <clears throat> is if you have everything just staying hunky-dory, and it could be in any aspect of your life, do you ever change your modus operandi? Uh, do you ever change how you're doing anything? No, because you don't want to rock the boat. You keep right. it all exactly the same. And guess what? That's called stagnation. Mm -hmm. What happens when things stagnate? They get stale. They get boring. They, they, they get stale. They, they, die. they die. Literally put put water out and watch it stagnate. You can't drink it, it's toxic. Mm -hmm. You know, when things stop moving in the body on a macro or micro level, in the universe or on a micro level in your cells, it equals death. So we have to continue to move forward. I love the, I forget what the little, the, the kids movie is, uh, but the whole theme is like, you know, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. That's like the whole theme of the movie. Yeah. And that's like, it's such a good lesson. Like, keep moving forward. That's what it's all about. Continuing to grow, continuing to learn, continuing to challenge the status quo. You know, it's motion and motion equals life. I think that's why, you know, you see like some 95-year-old kind of on the front porch in a rocking chair with kind of a shit grin because I believe towards the end of our life if we've actually taken this philosophy that at some point towards death we actually figure it out and go yeah. uh, that's why you know yeah, that's yeah. why I endured all these pain points in my life it, it all makes sense now it's like we see these little pieces of the mosaic 
And, you know, sometimes it's hard to take a step back and go, hey, this is actually something beautiful that's forming here. You know, just give it a little time. Mm. That's a really good perspective to look at. That, that really is. Like, what can you do? Like, if, if we all, I'm 47 now. If I go to 105, because I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm going to lift to 105. If I go to 105 years old and I'm sitting somewhere, like, I want to see myself with that, with that shit grin on my face going, uh, you know, I lived a life. I, I, I conquered I got scars, but I figured it out. Yeah. Versus sitting in that same rocking chair in With despair regret. and regret. Yeah. yeah. Right? Totally. And Ed Milet always says that, you know, imagine that you died and you're at the pearly gates and, you know, St. Peter's like, hey, I want you to meet someone. Here's Ed Milet. And you look at him and you don't recognize him. He goes, this is the man that you were supposed to be. The full purpose, passion driven man. Mm -hmm. You didn't meet that expectation. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like how sad, like I want to die and meet that man and go like, we're twins. Yeah, dude, we did it. And what is that? That is being in full and complete alignment with yourself. Yeah. We talked about alignment earlier. What is the ultimate cause of stress in people's lives and our own lives? is when we are out of personal alignment. What we know to be living the highest version of ourself and what we're actually doing, and there, that gap is where stress exists. Mm -hmm. You know, If we remove that gap and I come from a place of complete authenticity, I come from a place of complete abundance of unconditional love, then I know I'm in full alignment and there's no stress. It doesn't matter what happens externally. There's no stress internally because I'm in full alignment. And then I take that alignment, I, I, I match that alignment with my wife and my kids and my business partner and my team. And then Henry Ford's got an interesting quote. He says, when everyone is working together, success will take care of itself. When everyone, or is the, the exact word is when everyone is moving forward, together success will take care of itself forward mm -hmm. together it's all about alignment forward together yeah success will take care of itself powerful message <clears throat> so it's funny in the time that i've known you four or five years i've seen this massive evolution in you you've become quite the oracle in the way you communicate and the certainty that you have in the way you communicate and i would say being around many people that level of growth usually happens in like a decade, but I've seen you have this like growth over the last couple of few years that's just like, and I could see it from the outside on your social media, and then of course my text with you, and then here even now. What, what attributes to this level of growth? It's almost like you time collapsed growth. The obstacles, the pain, you know, the pain. You know, going through bankruptcy and really looking in the mirror and going, how the fuck did you get yourself in that situation? You know, uh, losing close friends at a young age, um, you know, having relationship challenges, you know, losing my property of, of, of 18 years in the, in the fires last year. Like these obstacles that have been placed in my life, I realized like, dude, are you completely full of shit or do you actually believe what you say you believe? And if you do believe it, 
then embrace this stuff with open arms, learn, grow, and move on and keep mm. moving forward. And I just switched how I was thinking about things. When I was a very high income earner as a Cairo, I was in scarcity mode and I ended up bankrupt because I you know, over leveraged myself in real estate in 2007. Brilliant, if sure. anyone knows what happened yeah, in 2008 you know and nine. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a millionaire. I, I'm broke. I had, I had months of fifty thousand dollars in income coming in, seventy grand going out. You no. don't last very long. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, with these these challenges that have been present, you know, I I said, do I am I eating my own dog food or not? Like, are you full of shit or not? And and I just embraced that there is something to this because I've seen the commonality amongst people that I know and respect and that that have uh, various levels of success. There's commonalities there. And so figuring out and reverse engineering and saying, okay, well, here's the core that's common amongst all these people. And it has to do with extreme ownership and personal responsibility. Morning routines are highly, highly common amongst successful people, you know? And why is that? Well, my daily trajectory, my morning trajectory dictates my daily trajectory would dictate my weekly and monthly and yearly trajectory. And guess what happens after 10 years? You can move fucking mountains. I went from bankrupt to running a $100 million company in a decade, mm -hmm. literally in a decade. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like massive change, but it starts on a daily basis and an hourly basis by the minute. What, what am I exposing my brain to? What thoughts am I allowing in here? Am I letting this, my CNS, my central nervous system get hijacked from external forces that are telling me a victim? Or am I blocking that out and being very selective on the people I hang out with and what I read and what I expose myself to? Mm. You know, am I making decisions that are, are moving towards the outcome that I desire? Or are they moving me away from that? You know, and then the framework becomes very simple, very simple because it's all just a decision. Yeah. Well, I have a porn addiction. Well, stop fucking clicking enter and go into the porn sites. Uh, I, I can't lose weight. Stop eating like shit. Go to the gym. Like, I, you know, whatever it is, we all have passions. We all have sins of the father. There's a genetic issue that is handed down from, you know, especially as men from father to son and father to son. Mm hmm. And, you know, we see that. We see that in our, in our infant sons that have little mannerisms as they're growing up. Like, how did they do that? I used to do that. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing, right? It trips you out as a dad. And we've all seen this. So we know there's this genetic component, so, which we, 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 we literally can't change our genetics, at least at this point in time. But what we can control is the decisions we make. So if I know that my family are addicts, which they are, you know, my grandma on my dad's side uh, was, is an alcoholic. My uncle was a, died of alcoholism. I have multiple aunts on my mom's side that are alcoholics. Siblings, addictive gambling, and all these things. I know addiction is in my family. So am I going to go down those rabbit holes, you know? Am I gonna bring an, uh, an open bank account to Vegas? No, I'll bring a thousand bucks and go, if you lose it, you're done, right? right. right. I'm not even gonna open up the, the porn realm or some of these other realms and go down that because that's just gonna take away from my relationship with my wife. I want this to flourish. I don't wanna be focused over here when I'm trying to make this work. So being conscious of, well, conscious. what are the, your propensities? 
Yeah. You know, what are your sins of the father? What are your passions? And being conscious to, to make the decisions not to fuel those, but to actually put yourself in a much positive, yeah. better positive place. Well, and going back to what you said, if you have a morning routine, say an afternoon routine, an evening routine, all of a sudden that routine should dictate the desired outcome that you want. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, you know, Wednesdays are date nights for me and my wife. And um, yesterday was Wednesday. We've got this rule where we, we're going to earn date night. So we go to my gym, BK Strength. We do this thing called shred burn where we you know, do two sets in the gym, run out the front door, run around the building, repeat that six times, and you've got a mile. Great. Right? You put yeah. a mile under your belt, and now you just did whatever, you know, two exercises times six. And... Now we go to the restaurant with like, hey, we earned this because I'm a fatty by nature. I love foods. Yeah. And so by doing that, I'm like, dude, I just probably burnt about 350 calories. Totally. I'm not about to eat dessert. because, And, and that, that took about 35 minutes. I'm not gonna eat dessert in five minutes. It's about 350 calories or more. And so I'm just gonna get a great dinner enjoy that, but I'm not going to get this dessert this time. And when I found that I create success routines to keep me on track, and if someone's got addiction to alcohol, guess what? If a buddy says, hey man, let's go to a bar to watch a game. If I was an alcoholic, I probably wouldn't go to the bar to watch a game. I'd be like, you know what, bro, come to my house and watch a game here. Totally. Because odds are, if I'm that close to beer, alcohol, and I smell it, I'm just one bad decision away from ordering it. Control the environment. Control the environment. Why, why create the temptation, you know, when you know yeah. the rabbit holes that you, you can go down if you make one bad decision? Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. To You're that point, one of the greatest things my, uh, my, my therapist taught me back in the day was this uh, acronym HALT, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. <clears throat> and he goes, just so you know, an addict goes back to their drug or alcohol when they're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm. Uh, he goes, you will go back to your OCD behaviors and, and just go all in on your business or other things, whatever you're locked onto in that moment and completely avoid and ignore your family if you're hungry, and angry, lonely, tired. And so some people go and have panic attacks if they're hungry, whatever your vice is, whatever your thing, your weakness is, your kryptonite is. And so how easy it to, is it to know, can you, yeah, I'm aware, I'm, if I'm, am I hungry? Yeah, because that's probably why I'm irritable. Let me just get up and feed myself. Totally. Instead of the old me was like, I'm not going to eat and drink water until I finish and knock out every single email in my inbox thinking there's some kind of virtue in that. Right. But then my wife would come by and be like, hey, honey, and I'd snap at her and... Yeah. Gee whiz, man, like that's a great way to build a relationship, <laughs> yeah, right? I just added a million dollars in the bank account, but my wife and I hate each other. Yeah. And so anyway, to, to, to just create those success routines, man, are magical. All right, so what, what are we missing in terms of optimizing humans? What are we missing that we didn't talk about that we ought to cover before we wrap this episode up? I think we, we, we covered it. I mean, I, if there's one takeaway, I think it's take back the control in your life and, and realize like regardless if you're a religious person and it does really doesn't matter what religion there's a consistency here that we as human beings were made in the image and likeness of God capital G made in the image and likeness of God which makes us powerful human mm. beings powerful you know come back to I mentioned abracadabra earlier you know with my words I create, and I believe if I spoke Aramaic, which I don't, that it actually means with my thoughts I create, 
you know, with thy thoughts I create. With the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, right? It's like there's all these little hints in, in Scripture and things, mm -hmm. like how powerful we are. We are not helpless. We are not victims. We are made in the image and likeness of God. And we have massive power within us. I manifest in real time now. It doesn't take a month or a week or a year or 10 years, literally in real time, in real time. I will think of somebody, they will call me or text me immediately. Like once we realize this power that we have in our brains, our hearts, our souls, this is, we can literally move mountains as human mm -hmm. beings. This is fucking amazing stuff that we have. Mm -hmm. So take back the control. Be very mindful of how we're communicating. Eliminate the soft talk. Eliminate the negations. Be committed in, in, in your actions. Be committed. What are we going to do? Stop making excuses for ourselves. When we hit that snooze bar in the morning, who are we cheating on? ourselves. If we can't be faithful to ourselves, how can we be faithful to our wives or our kids or our business partner if you can't be faithful to yourself? Well said. Yeah. You know, all these little cheats that exist, all these little easy way outs are not easy at all. Shortcuts, playing the short game is always detrimental. It's actually advantageous to play the long game even in the short term. Mm -hmm. It's trippy. It's advantageous to always play the long game, even in the short term. Explain that. Meaning if you're always focused on doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, period. Even if it's like, I'll give you an example. Say there's just a big bag of money right there, a million sure. bucks, and there's nobody around. Look around, there's no cameras. You have a choice as an individual, as a human being. Right? Mm -hmm. The short game would be, let me take that cash and I got it. Go on a spending spree. Do whatever you want with it. But what's the right thing to do? The right thing is turn it in, see what it belongs to, see if you could return it to the rightful owner. If I was to take that and do this, one, I'm cheating on myself because I've just done something that I know is morally not in alignment with what I know to be sure. right. Against character. It's against character. So I've literally just degraded my own character, okay? Mm -hmm. And if I'm degrading my own character and making that decision, then the money is probably going to fuel negative passions. Bingo. And it's gonna fuck me up even worse. I have friends from high school, one of my buddies, Inherited a bunch of money. His uncle died when, he, when we were like 17 or something, and he got like 200 grand, yeah. right? Which, when you're in high school and bro, it's a lot of money. That's you're a, a millionaire. lot of money. You're a millionaire. Yeah, you might as well be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 200 grand. And he was into destructive behaviors, you know? Guess what happened to him? Hmm. He crashed and burned even faster. A lot of people are sitting at home, and, they, and if they have destructive habits, Oh, God, only if I got a break or if only if I had X amount of money or whatever. No, that's bullshit. You're just going to crash and burn even faster. Yep. you got to play the long game. Set up the fundamentals. Don't hit the snooze bar. Eat clean. Exercise. Be in abundance mode. Tell your wife you love her. Spend intentional time with your kids. There is no balance in life. That's bullshit. If you're an entrepreneur at home, you know there's no balance. Mm -mm. It doesn't exist. Nope. It doesn't exist. The business takes 99% of your time, and I'm here to tell you, that's okay. 
That's okay. Because that 1%, if it's intentional with your relationships and your kids and your spouse, that's all they need. They would rather have 1% of intentional locked in present time than hours of BS where everybody's just on their own phone and in their right. own world. It's not a time issue. I used to think it was a time issue. I'd feel guilty. I'd be at work thinking at, at, at home. I'd be at home thinking about work and everything would fall apart yep. and everything did fall apart. Yep. You know, it, it's so, funny how we operate that way. Totally. Yeah. You know, so be intentional. We take this back. Mm. We realize how powerful we are. We realize that everything comes down to decisions and decisions that we think don't have consequence, little decisions, quote unquote, maybe are actually the biggest decisions of them all. Well said. Have you read the book, The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell? I have. It's, it's been a little while. Um, yeah. Gr great yeah. book. But it, yeah. it just reminds me of what you said. So Joseph Campbell spent his entire life studying all religions mm -hmm. and realizing that exactly as you said, the scripture says that we're made in the likeness of God. We are God-like. Right. And therefore we can manifest, we can create through this thing called the radiance. And mm -hmm. everyone has the radiance and the radiance, uh, the way I describe it at the project, I said, imagine this beautiful glowing orb it knows all, it sees all, it hears all, it senses all, like knows right and wrong, like, in, like definitely. There's, there's certainty in this radiance. Mm -hmm. Now imagine if I get a, a black handkerchief and I throw it on top. And I get another black handkerchief and I throw it on top. And I keep throwing it on top, keep throwing it on top. And then soon you lose that glow of radiance from this beautiful bright orb. That is us living out of alignment with oh. every, we take on debt, vices, we live out of, uh, outside of our core values and character. Each one of those things that we do ends up being another dark blanket handkerchief that you throw on that glowing radiance and you go, man, I'm lost, I'm confused, I'm stressed, I'm depressed, I'm on edge. How about we start taking all those things back up and then you have godlike powers so long as the radiance is glowing. Totally. Yeah, it's just it's such a very powerful thing. Would so, we have war anymore? Would we have, uh, would we have energy scarcity? Would, you know, all these things, if you really peel the layers yeah. back and let the radiance shine, there is full abundance for everyone, everyone in all aspects of our life. Is energy really scarce? Go out in the sun and just, <laughs> the sun produces so much energy. Yeah. Look at the waves and the currents, the wind, like, there is energy abundance all around us, yet we're, we're, we're occupying countries over this? Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. And on the project, just to, just to give you a little kudos, you know, my brother went through it, Michael. What? Yeah. Who? Michael. Michael Hind, ex-Marine. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did yeah. you connect those dots? Oh, yeah, I, I told him to do it, and he kept delaying it. Holy crap. He kept crap. coming up with excuses. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just get your ass down there and do it. So he finally commits, and he does it. And he, I said, well, how was he? He said, I oh, know it was great. You know, a few people didn't make it, blah, blah, blah. He gives me the rundown and he goes, you know, I guess, you know, at the end, you guys did something where everyone gathered around and gave feedback to each of the, mm -hmm. the men there. And he goes, I said, well, what feedback did they give you? And he goes, you know, they, they all said, Michael, you know, you're, you're doing really well in multiple aspects of your life. You got a great family. You're crushing it at work. But dude, why are you kind of a, I don't want to say a fat fuck because he's not fat, but he was holding extra weight. He had a yeah. gut and like yeah. he wasn't, he made it through and he's, he's a strong guy. He's an ex-Marine. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. He said that. I said, well, what are you going to do about it? He's like, well, I'm going to get in shape. And I just saw him last weekend and he was 
chiseled me. <laughs> so I love that. Whatever, whatever everyone told I him had an that. impression, and Good. he uh, he's committed to staying yeah. healthy now. Good for him. He's a savage yeah. man. I love yeah. hearing that. Yeah. How how can our audience find you? Uh, well, for the business, you know, our website, LifeAidBevco, A-I-D, LifeAidBevco.com, at FitAid's our most active Instagram. And then for me personally, everything's just my name, Aaron Hind, A-A-R-O-N, H-I-N-D-E, Instagram, LinkedIn. Awesome. Uh, primarily, him. Yeah. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for spending time with us on the show. Guys and gals, if you like the show, and I know you did, take a screenshot, share it on your social media, tag Aaron, tag myself, tag FitAid. And uh, as always, leave us a five-star review and some great comments. And don't forget to tell your mama. See you guys later.